Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 3 of Primm's Playlist Season 3. My name is Prim, and just like last time, I'll be analyzing 5 underrated K-pop tunes and recommending them based on your music taste. So, here's the thing. This episode is releasing on April 30th on Patreon and on May 2nd for the general public. My birthday is literally on April 30th. So, as a birthday gift to myself, I'm making this episode as self-indulgent as I want. How self-indulgent? Well, today's theme is music I happen to vibe with over the past two weeks. No particular genre or gimmick, just stuff I liked. It's a throwback to season one! Also, today's special feature is my hot take on where different members of TWICE go on a Dungeons & Dragons alignment chart. So, yeah, we're getting pretty self-indulgent today. Just bear with me for this episode, okay? Alright, let's pull up the playlist. Our first song today is Home by Soto, currently at 3.5k views on Warner Music Korea and under 100 views on Local High Records. You may remember Soto from two episodes ago when I recommended his song David. Home starts out with a simple and melancholy plucked guitar riff with Soto singing over it. From there we add in a deep plucked bass and some light drums, both of which make the song's rhythm more concrete, especially important considering that it's in waltz time which can be hard to hear initially. Interestingly, though there's a significant buildup to the chorus, the chorus instrumental is more stripped down than you might expect, quieting the drums and putting the focus on the electric piano. Granted, this is only the case for the first chorus, the second chorus absolutely goes all out with its instrumental, taking on an almost ballad-like feel in contrast with the hitherto R&B stylings, and providing an even more satisfying payoff for the pre-chorus buildup. I really like how the instrumental stops and starts parallel to the vocals during this part, it adds a bit of surprise and playfulness that you don't hear that often in these sorts of R&B slash ballad tracks. Lastly, I just want to take a quick tangent to talk about Soda's vocal performance in this song. I thought he did an amazing job when he released David, but Home makes David look like a failed MR removed. He seriously outdoes himself here. Home was weirdly hard to come up with good mainstream matches for, considering how it blends R&B with ballad elements, both of which are fairly common genres within K-pop. If I had to choose just vibes-wise, I'd say that Home reminds me a bit of She's Dreaming by EXO and House of Cards by BTS, though neither of them are in waltz time like Home is. If it helps, 2129 by TWICE is a waltz time R&B track, so if you were into that B-side, Home will probably appeal to you too. If I had to narrow it down to just one though, I'd definitely go with House of Cards by BTS, so if you like House of Cards, you'll love Home. How about song number two? Second on the list is Fortune Teller by Lam C featuring Stella Jang. Yes, THE Stella Jang, coming in at 12,500 views on Stone Music Entertainment. Let's start off with the most striking quality of this song. The entire intro and first verse being isolated, squeaky, and super staccato guitar chords. This looping guitar track serves as the backbone of the instrumental, appearing in isolation at first as stated before, then alongside our rhythmic bass line and seriously bit-crush percussion during the chorus, only dropping out during the pre-choruses. Other elements of the instrumental later on, such as the occasional harsh metallic pitched percussion and the side-to-side -side synth in the bridge, add to these almost glitchy vibes, something you'd usually expect more from an EDM track than a guitar and bass-ish track. That being said, not everything in the song is harsh and glitchy. 
Lam C and Stella Jang both have very soft and airy voices, which blend beautifully with each other and add a bit of contrast to this song. This is a bit of a weird connection, but bear with me. Fortune Teller is kind of like a guitar-based version of I Just by Red Velvet. Both songs start off with an almost off-putting staccato instrument slash instruments, that being the guitar in Fortune Teller and the layered synths in I Just. With the addition of glitchy percussion and a unique bass line, this off-putting loop becomes the backbone of each song. The harsh instrumental is then softened by the use of softer vocal tampers, though in the case of I Just, this applies more to the verses than the choruses. Seriously, you wouldn't expect it, but these two songs do have a very similar charm to them. So if you're a fan of I Just and you're looking for something a little less glitchy EDM and more glitchy coffee shop, definitely take a look at Fortune Teller. Song 3, please. Next up, we have I Feel Your Love by Luli Lee, with 4.7k views on Genie Music and 10.5k views on Magic Strawberry Sound. I should note, this song doesn't have an official music video. These views are for the live clip, but I've put the original mix in the background of this segment. This is a chill and funky track heavily focusing on piano, guitar, and bass, the latter of which is played by Luli Lee herself. During the first verse, most of the mix is taken up by piano, punctuated by a steady snare and occasional claps. This simple, clean instrumentation works perfectly with Luli Lee's voice, which is soft and high enough to blend with the medium-toned piano chords, but strong enough not to get completely swallowed up in the mix. The pre-chorus swaps out the piano for prolonged guitar chords which do essentially the same thing, though the percussion largely drops out. When the chorus comes in though, a little bit of overdrive finds its way into the guitar, and the strumming pattern changes into a funky rhythm which complements the bass, and the piano comes back in to add back the fullness. As I said before, this song has a chill and funky vibe, and this comes through best in the choruses. I Feel Your Love reminds me of Every Day I Need You by Vivi and Jinsoul from Luna. Every Day I Need You has a chill and full-bodied instrumental which features both a funky bass line and, at least in some places, guitars as part of a mix, though definitely less prominently than in I Feel Your Love. Additionally, both I Feel Your Love and Every Day I Need You feature and complement soft, high voices. I will say, Every Day I Need You features horn, string, and synth elements not present in I Feel Your Love, which uses a more standard set of band instruments. So if you've always wanted a stripped-down version of Every Day I Need You, I Feel Your Love should fill that void. How about song number four? Our fourth song is Touch by Touch by Great Guys, currently at 5400 views on Genie Music, get 27k views on Great Guys space for the English version, and 3900 views and 14k views respectively for the Korean version. Out of all the songs on today's playlist, this is the one that surprised me the most with its underratedness. Between the production value and the music style, if you didn't tell me who performed this song, I would assume it was a recent comeback by a more well-known boy group. Touch by Touch is a summary song with a little bit of a neutral twist to it. Or, well, a lot of a neutral twist depending on where in the song you are. The first half of the first verse, for example, takes on a much more modern, descending white noise and plucky synth approach reminiscent of more recent EDM-inspired K-pop tracks, a reminiscence amplified by the vocal style of the group members. The same goes for the pre-chorus, which uses synthesized snapping, EDM-inspired buildup, and a la-la-la vocal line, all common to non-retro revival K-pop. However, the second half of the first verse and the chorus 
Both go for a neutral feel with bouncing bass, background synths, and even that one cheesy sound you hear in disco both old and new. It's almost like this track is simultaneously taking inspiration from both EDM style and retro revival K-pop songs, which I find pretty neat. Alright everyone, you know the drill. Touch by Touch is a boy group song which borrows from disco, which means I have to recommend it to people who like Dynamite by BTS. I don't make the rules, I just enforce them. That being said, that only covers about half the runtime of Touch by Touch. Honestly, I think a better match is actually Love Me Love Me by Winner. Though Love Me Love Me definitely blends EDM, specifically Tropical House, and Neutro more than Touch by Touch does, and also leans more towards the former than the latter, the coexistence of stylistic elements from both does still remind me of Touch by Touch, and both have a summery vibe to boot. Though, now that I think about it, Love Me Love Me is mostly in Korean, and Dynamite is all in English, and Touch by Touch has both an English and a Korean version. It's like it was meant to be. So if you're a fan of Love Me Love Me or Dynamite, give Touch by Touch a listen. Let's hear song 5! At 6,000 views on Warner Music Korea and 200 views on Local High Records, this is Atlantis by Lanalog. Not to be confused with Atlantis by Shiny, which came out the same week. We start this song out straight away with a strong piano melody, accompanied by soft guitar strumming. The piano fades away at the start of the first verse, leaving just the guitar and the vocals, though drums come in quite quickly. This all builds up to the chorus, which explodes into more overdriven guitar, playing at a steady rhythm, stronger, more cymbal-heavy drums, and also harsher vocals. Speaking of vocals, there is quite a variety of vocal timbres in this song. From Tatsuo's higher voice during the first section, to Lion's harsh, almost sneering voice which comes in second, to Kyonue's much deeper voice during the second verse, there's always something new in the vocal line. I'm getting ahead of myself though. The song actually kind of has an instrumental chorus, at least for its first half, alternating a couple measures of guitar solo with a couple measures of singing mirroring the aforementioned guitar melody. That being said, I think my favorite part of this song is the true guitar solo. I'm a sucker for instrumentals in case you haven't noticed from literally every episode of this podcast, so I always love a good instrumental break, especially when it shows off an instrumentalist's skills. Between the piano opener, the mix of vocal timbres, especially the harsher ones, and the general rock genre, I have to recommend Atlantis to anyone who likes Sorry by The Rose. Granted, Sorry is a lot more soft rock than Atlantis, using a lot less overdrive, but I do think it's a good match. If you like Sorry by The Rose, and especially if you're looking for something with a bit more grit to it, actually maybe even something along the lines of Congratulations or Zombie by Day 6, I'd recommend Atlantis. Last but not least, let's hear our sore thumb song. Our sore thumb song today is Weird by Go Woon, currently at 3100 views on Ogam Entertainment. Since today's theme is stuff I vibe with, the sore thumb song kinda had to be something I didn't vibe with. Or rather, something that I wish I vibed with, but kinda just can't. Let's start with the stuff I like. This song is another neutral track, in this case taking some synth pop slash synthwave inspiration. We've got a pulsating bass synth playing at a steady rhythm, higher tone sparkly accent synths, and electronic snares. Plus, there's some seriously nice deep percussion leading into the chorus. It actually has an unexpectedly dark tone to it, especially compared to the music video. I also think the melody is really catchy. 
Even if I don't personally vibe with the song, it's definitely going to be stuck in my head for a while. Really, my main problem with this song is the mixing. It sounds more like a live clip or performance than the actual original song. Something about the vocals just aren't quite right, sitting on top of the instrumental like a karaoke cover instead of meshing with the instrumental. That being said, not everyone cares about this. I'm just a nerd for this kind of stuff, so bad mixing is a bit of a pet peeve of mine. Weird reminds me a bit of Untouchable by Everglow, as they both have that pulsating synthwave bass and dark tone to them, plus they have a similar tempo. The same goes for Uneasy by 2PM for the same reasons. All My Mistake by April also fits, though not quite as well. It's a little bit too sparkly, but it has some similar inspirations. So if you like any of these songs, especially Untouchable and Uneasy, and subpart mixing doesn't bother you as much as it bothers me, Weird would be a great addition to your playlist. Now that we've heard the whole playlist, let's move on to today's special feature, assigning Dungeons & Dragons alignments to the members of TWICE. Continuing today's theme of It's My Birthday Just Let Me Have This, I'm going to be combining two of my biggest interests right now, K-pop and Dungeons & Dragons. Trust me, I'm going easy on y'all today, I could have chosen something way more self-indulgent. If you're familiar with D&D or TTRPGs in general, you know about the alignment chart. Nine squares in a grid, lawful to chaotic on one side, good to evil on the other, neutral in the middle of each. And since the grid has nine squares and twice has nine members, well that's just a matchup waiting to happen. Before we get started, I want to make it clear that I'm not attempting to judge the actual character of any of the members of TWICE, especially on the good slash evil axis. It's not like I actually know them, I'm basing these off of viral clips and memes as parasocial as all heck. Plus, I'm not allowing repeat assignments because otherwise literally everyone would be chaotic good, so some of this is going to be process of elimination anyway. This entire thing is based on memes, unhelpful guides, and general vibes. That being said, let's jump in. Alright, going in twice song order, let's start off with Nyon. Looking through more unhelpful guide videos than I'd like to admit, there are two themes that tend to come up. First, Nyon has on multiple occasions kept one of her groupmates from falling off stage, and also supported her groupmates in many other ways. Though obviously all TWICE members support each other, Nyon at least does it enough that fans feel the need to explicitly draw attention to it. Second, Nyon has a ton of self-confidence and self-love, and is not shy about expressing it. Honestly, combined with the first point, she actually reminds me a lot of one of my backup D&D characters. I'm not going to go too in-depth about her character, backstory, etc, but safe to say she's chaotic good. That being said, I'm actually going to assign Nyon to neutral good. There are other members of TWICE who are much more chaotic. Speaking of members of TWICE who are much more chaotic, let's move on to Jonghyun. Jonghyun is pretty much the queen of TWICE memes. Seriously, there are so many TWICE memes prominently centering her that I can't even begin to list them off. There are even multiple separate memes involving Jonghyun being compared to a bird? However, on a more serious note, Jonghyun is also known for putting her groupmates before herself, often being the one to move out of the way to give them the spotlight, or lend her blanket to members who feel cold or overexposed. Between the sheer quantity of memes and her generosity, I'm going to assign Jonghyun to chaotic good. 
Next up is Momo. Honestly, I had a bit of a hard time coming up with an alignment for Momo. There isn't that much viral content related to her, at least in comparison to most of the other members of TWICE, that speaks to her personality rather than her talent. Most of the clips I found were of her various dance performances. The two recurring personality-related points I found were her love of food and her tendency to zone out. The former, though exaggerated in Momo's case, is just a basic human biological function, and the latter is specifically a non-action, often compared to a character in The Sims waiting for a, like, player interaction. So, personally, I think it makes sense to assign Momo to True Neutral. Up next, we've got Sana. Though there are several running jokes involving Sana, the most prominent is her habit of flirting with her groupmates. Now, obviously, I have my own thoughts on fan speculation on celebrities' sexualities. I don't really have time to go into them right now, but it basically boils down to don't publicly speculate because it can be uncomfortable and even dangerous to the person you're speculating about. However, one cannot deny that Sana flirting with her groupmates, which, regardless of its sincerity, happens near constantly, has huge chaotic neutral bard energy. So, I'll assign Sana to chaotic neutral. Alright, let's move on to Jihyo, the group's leader. And, as many viral clips involving her suggest, she is very good at this role. What stood out to me most of the videos I watched was Jihyo's ability to quickly quiet down a rowdy crowd at TWICE's concerts. In some clips, the whole crowd would go silent within a couple seconds of her shushing them. To me, this gives off generally intimidating vibes, like the crowd is scared of what Jihyo will do to them if they don't shut up. I feel like the best remaining alignment for an intimidating and effective leader like Jihyo is Lawful Neutral. I would go with Lawful Good, but there's another TWICE member who fits Lawful Good a bit better. Speaking of TWICE members who fit Lawful Good a bit better, that TWICE member is Mina. Mina is known for being the quietest member of TWICE, as well as the most shy. This comes across in many viral video clips. Additionally, she is often seen acting as essentially a translator for other members of TWICE, again tying into this theme of mutual support- oh my god, I sound like I'm writing another one of my final essays. Additionally, memes involving Mina tend to be a lot less chaotic than those involving other members. As such, I'm assigning Mina to lawful good. On the opposite end of the spectrum, let's talk about my bias Dahyun. Dahyun is extremely, incredibly chaotic, most notably in her performance of her signature eagle dance, which she has been doing since before her debut, as well as her general demeanor and her habit of dabbing in official TWICE media. So I have to give her a chaotic alignment, but the only chaotic alignment left is chaotic evil. But honestly, like, if Dahyun suddenly went cartoon supervillain mode and took over the world, would you really be surprised? Chaeyoung was definitely the hardest to come up with an alignment for. There were three main recurring themes throughout all the viral clips I could find with her, outside of those based on performance talent. She wants to be taller, she could do a really good impression of a duck, and she's good at drawing. That's not a lot to work with, alignment-wise. However, we only have two alignments left, those being lawful evil and neutral evil. I want to save Lawful Evil for Chuyi, for reasons I'll get into in a bit, so I guess Cheyoung has to be neutral evil by process of elimination. Sorry, Cheyoung. 
Last but not least, we have Chuyi, who, as I said before, I'm assigning to Lawful Evil. Many viral clips of Chuyi revolve around her being brutally honest with her groupmates, show hosts, etc. Granted, in some cases this is a case of mistranslation or misspeaking, the most notable of which being that time she confused the Korean words for fun and boring, but other times it is a result of her dry and harsher sense of humor. So that covers the evil part. Heck, Chuyi is even sometimes called the evil maknae of twice. Because this evil side is based in brutal honesty, combined with the fact that, as seen in some viral clips, she isn't a very good liar, I chose to assign Chuyi specifically to lawful evil. So those are my twice D&D alignment hot takes. Before we move on, I'd like to give a few closing thoughts. First of all, as said before, twice is a very chaotic group. I don't think I've ever seen a K-pop group with meme levels this high before. As such, take all these alignments with a grain of salt. If I could, I'd assign everyone in this group to chaotic good. Second, probably because of these high meme levels, TWICE has a seriously active and engaged fanbase, and this segment would not be possible without the sea of unhelpful guide and compilation videos TWICE fans have made in the past. Honestly, I think this really speaks to the importance of letting celebrities and idols express their unique personalities, especially in the online age. The era of thinking of celebrities and idols simply as musicians is over, and feeling a personal, if parasocial, connection to these creators is more important than ever. I could go into a whole marketing major monologue about that, but I'm going to cut myself off here. This segment has already gone long enough, and we need to move on to the rest of the podcast. There's just one more thing to take care of before we end today's show. It's time to spin the Wheel of Segments. And this week's segment is... Melting Down Gold. Melting Down Gold is the segment where I take a look at a super popular song and try to figure out what made it so popular. If you've checked K-pop news at any time in the past two months, you can probably guess what song I'm going to be talking about today. It's been in K-pop news constantly for topping charts, getting multiple music show wins, and according to at KpopGGSuperior on Twitter, even had the longest perfect all kill ever for a girl group. And all of this not for a recent comeback from one of the biggest groups around, but for a three-year-old song by a ten-year-old group who, until recently, was on the brink of disbandment. Let's talk about Rollin' by Brave Girls. Before we get into how this song went viral, let's quickly talk about the song itself, as well as its concept. Rollin' is a fast-paced tropical house beat full of clean, plucky synths, deep, smooth bass, and bouncing backing rhythms. Though catchy, there really isn't that much I can talk about with the instrumental. The same cannot be said through the vocals, which I would argue are the real star of the show here. This is a song that really fits Min Young's voice, particularly during the second half of the chorus. She has a very harsh and high but still full-bodied timbre that you don't hear a lot in K-pop, and Roland's post-chorus just would not be the same without her. It's by far the most recognizable moment in the song. All in all, it's a summery and refreshing mix. One commenter in translation states that the song is as refreshing as Sprite, but the choreography is as thick as peanut butter. Which brings us to the number one criticism of Roland, the mismatch between the song and the music video. For whatever reason, Brave Entertainment decided to have a dark MV concept for this song, which, while I love dark concepts an unhealthy amount, even I have to admit that this does not fit at all. 
Thankfully, this criticism appears to have been received well by everyone involved. Current promotions feature more colorful summery clothing, and they even changed the EP's album cover on streaming services. Their current concept definitely fits better. So this brings us to the big question. Why are they currently promoting a song they released three years ago, and why is it getting so popular now? Well, it all comes down to one video by a YouTuber called Viditor. On February 23rd, 2021, Viditor released a video called Brave Girls Rollin' with Comments, which overlays comments left on performance videos of Rollin' on top of sections of those videos. Many of these comments talk about how the song was popular among members of the South Korean military, even being passed down from senior to junior members. In fact, many of the performance clips used were from military performances, and many comments were about the enthusiasm showed by the uniformed attendees. Now, obviously I have my own thoughts on the military and war in general, mostly boiling down to war bad, military industrial complex bad, the USA in particular needs better veteran care, but that's a rant better saved for a future Patreon newsreel. Anyway, Viditor's video went viral, currently sitting at 18 million views, even more than Roland's MV, currently at around 4.4 million, though Roland didn't even have 1 million at the time of Viditor's upload. As more people found Viditor's video, more people realized that Roland is a great underrated song and went to go listen to it, whether that be on YouTube, Melon, etc. That boost in popularity snowballed, partially due to the song's quality and partially due to its newfound meme status, and Brave Entertainment was smart enough to jump on this hype train and start promotions. You might be wondering, is this really sustainable? Sure, they're popular now, but all memes die eventually. However, there is actually precedent for a K-pop group being saved due to a viral video. The girl group Exit was near disbandment until newfound interest in the group was sparked by a viral fan cam of Hani dancing to their at the time newest song Up and Down. Of course, that video alone did not get them where they are today, but rather they continued to put out great music that kept those new fans hooked. Brave Girls, and by that I really mean Brave Entertainment, needs to do the same. They can't get complacent with just Roland, but instead need to use Roland strategically to keep up hype for future works. Thankfully, according to allkpop.com, Brave Girls are going to release a new mini-album in June, so I think Brave Entertainment knows what they're doing. Honestly, even if they don't, I'm still happy to see an underrated group and song finally get the recognition they deserve, even if it ends up being temporary. After all, at the end of the day, that's what this podcast is about. And with that, we end episode 3 of Primance Playlist Season 3. If you enjoyed this episode, check out the original songs at bit.ly slash pmp underscore s3e3, all letters capital, all numbers numerals. If you want to say hello, you can find me on Instagram at primms underscore playlist, Twitter at playlistprim, or the official Primance Playlist YouTube channel. Links to everything can be found at linktree slash prims playlist. That's linktr.ee slash p-r-i-m-m-s-p-l-a-y-l-i-s-t. Primems Playlist is a proud member of BrainRoute Presents. For more information, visit brainroutepresents.wixsite.com slash landing. If you'd like to support our podcasts, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash brainroute underscore p-r-s-n-t-s. Only $2 a month for Discord access and longer episodes, $5 a month for in-episode shoutouts and early episodes, plus bonuses for all our other podcasts. 
Or if you'd like to make a one-time donation, visit fundraiser.com slash brainrotpresents. That's F-U-N-D-R-A-Z-R dot com slash brainrot underscore P-R-S-N-T-S. Shout out to our $5 plus tier Patreon supporters, Adrian Frisbee, Saffron, Embry Silvers, Jupiter McIntyre, Prozac Haven, Delane Bouchamp, Connor Fox, Jana Loney, and Sean Locke. You make this podcast possible. Thanks for jamming with me today.